Welcome to the Beth and Kelly Show, a weekly Facebook Live conversation between Beth Fortune and Kelly Klingen. That's me. And we've made it into a podcast. Beth Fortune currently serves as Education Director at Wintergrass, the National American String Teachers Association Board, and Chair of the National Council for Orchestral Education. I currently serve as Education Director at Jazz Ed the Washington president at Jazz Education Network and Jazz Curriculum Officer for Washington Music Educators Association. We have a platform and we really want to leverage it for positive change. Please hit us up. Let's have a conversation and uh, let's move our practice as music educators forward. Welcome to the Beth and Kelly Show, episode 32. And um, I'm extremely pumped today. Um, I, I don't know if I seem more excited than usual, but I feel more excited than usual because um, I am having these moments that I witnessed my dad have growing up where he became friends with his former students. And I always thought, oh, someday I might have that. And I have it right now with these two ladies, um, Alexis and John V, um, who I will let um, introduce themselves in just a moment. But um, just to say that uh, Alexis and John V were students in the Girls Ellington Project with me at Seattle Jazz Ed, and were both um, students in those groups that um, we know as music teachers are like that pivotal person that glues um, like the heart, the spirit of the ensemble together. And like without those students in the group, the, like the whole group is different. You know, when, when they're gone, their presence is, is deeply missed. Yeah. And those are just like human qualities, not to mention the fact that they're both really great musicians. So um, anyway, so they're in college now and uh, just finished teaching um, or facilitating the student anti-racist book group at Jazz Ed and are contracted to do the next round um, later this spring. And so that's why they were originally invited to the show was to talk about that. And we'll probably talk about that a little bit, but um, we'll of course talk a lot about being um, a woman in a college music program, which they both are, and whatever the heck else they want to talk about. So um, Alexis, I'm going to have you introduce yourself first. Tell us about you. Hi. Well, as Kelly said, my name is Alexis. Um, I use she, her pronouns, and I'm currently um, calling in from Boston, Massachusetts. Um, I'm a sophomore right now at Wellesley College. And I'm currently taking remote classes on Zoom, which is why I'm in this apartment. Um, so I'm experiencing some city living just for context. My school is in the suburb, so this is a bit different for me. Um, when I was in high school, I originally met Kelly and John V through Jazz Ed um, in the Girls Ellington Project, which is so wonderful. And then I also played at Roosevelt High School in Seattle in their jazz program. Um, and now that I'm in college, I am playing in the MIT Festival Jazz Ensemble um, as a trombonist. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. What about you, John V? Mm -hmm. 
Well, hi, I'm John B. Um, like Alexa said, we met through the Girls Ellington um, Ensemble at Jazz Ed, um, which I was in for two years, three years. Three years. I <laughs> yeah. think longer than anybody. Three years. Yeah. Well, because it's a wonderful thing, so that's why. <laughs> um, and I'm in Bellevue, Washington right now. I'm also doing school remotely. I'm currently a sophomore at New England Conservatory in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, so it's very interesting doing a conservatory online, but actually makes more sense than it seems like it would. Um, and I'm a jazz major there. I play clarinet and baritone saxophone. And I definitely feel like jazz ed and especially Kelly are like the biggest reason that I ended up there um, and stayed, you know, motivated and believing in myself. So I'm really oh, happy to be here. I forgot that that would have feel good moments. Ah! Johnny, where did you go to high school? I went to Newport High School. Okay. Bellevue. So for our uh, for our millions of listeners out there, that's in Bellevue, Washington. Oh. Right. It's across Lake Washington from Seattle. Right. So if you're not from Seattle and you're like traveling around the country, you know, you're in Holland and somebody asks where you're from, you might say Seattle, Washington, even if you're from Bellevue. Just to like not have to describe the whole thing. Right. You know, it's that kind of a thing. It's yeah. a very large suburb. <laughs> and then Alexis was at my alma mater, Go Riders, also <laughs> playing trombone. Wait a minute, Go Beavers. Dude. <laughs> Beth has one of those houses where it's like rooting for opposing teams sometimes. Well, let's just say that the Ballard High School band room is upstairs and the Roosevelt High School band room is downstairs at my house. Okay, <laughs> okay you've sectioned it off. Yeah. And it sounds like you've won the prime real estate. <laughs> yes. Sounds like that's what you're saying. I get windows. Scott gets like ugly carpet <laughs> and paneling. <laughs> it's funny because when actually when I was <clears throat> excuse me when I was Alexis and John V's age I was thinking to myself I sure hope that Scott has someone someday who will <laughs> make him teach band in the basement like he needed that kind of person in his life and it just so happens to be my best friend. So right now I'm having a moment. It's a moment. And, you know, I mean, I'm going to take this this tiny moment for a yeah. little Scott Brown interjection uh, because it's so funny. And it has connection to both Kelly and I. Okay. Um, because Kelly and I taught at Washington Middle School for many, many years. Right. Together. But right. Kelly replaced this legendary teacher Mr. Robert Knapp. Um, and so I, I was lucky enough to get to teach with Mr. Knapp for six years before Kelly came on the scene. But um, I remember having a conversation once about Mr. Brown with, um, with Bob Knapp. And this was- But when you were colleagues. When we were colleagues. So yeah, this, yeah. this was before uh, Mr. Brown- This was 15 years ago. Right. You guys were in diapers. And um, so I think maybe the question came up, is he married or, you know, what, what's the deal there? And Mr. Mr. Nat said, no, he's not married. And then he said, I, I need to, I need to get this right. Said, <laughs> I'm waiting with bated breath. And the dude is like famous for pulling his glasses, glasses down for his down. nose. Uh, 
And you like so then he said, what kind of woman would want to be with a man who lives on a goddamn boat? <laughs> and anyway, so long story short, Mr. Brown no longer lives on a boat. Right. In a house. And he is teaching band out of the basement. There you go. Wow. I mean, thank God you don't live on the boat anymore because how would two people teach online at the same time on a 20 foot friggin' sailboat? Okay. I'm just saying. I'm just, that's all we're going to say about that. I mean, we spend a lot of time on the boat. Yeah. Right. But okay. We also are in a house, like with a garden with a garden and like a deck and stuff well this was about the only true way to um really incorporate student voice in your teaching is to be able to actually have enough of a friendship with students throughout your sort of tenure your career your career to kind of remind you of who you were, who you are, who, who you're you becoming. You know, like these are people that that check in moments of your teaching career. And, and when they're fresh students, like you both are, you were just my students a couple of years ago, you can give me like real true feedback on what's working and what's not. And I can't think of many things more valuable than that. You know a current student's only gonna tell you so much, right? <laughs> I don't know. I'm curious well, about- What were you just gonna say? Well, I don't know. I was just saying that like, I feel like this like kind of like works both ways, right? Like in that you as like an instructor, Kelly, are like able to kind of like hear our perspective and our experiences but then like and then you're also able to say like you know like okay this person passed through my program like this one this one we had these relationships and like this is what they're doing now so it's like you are kind of like creating like a network of like not like Kelly minions but like people that you've touched in various ways you know and like been like very much like a part of their lives um and I think that like conversely like you know as like students of course, like, you know, it's so like, I don't know, maybe this is like a teacher's pet thing, but like, I think it's so cool to be friends with you because I'm like, at one point, like, I don't know if it's like revered is the right word, but like, you know, like there's like a certain, like there's like a student teacher relationship and then there's like a friend relationship. And I feel like kind of like bridging the gap, like that's very fun. That's very cool. Like, you know, it makes me feel special, <laughs> but um <laughs> I, but I mean, I think that like, there's so much that like, as students, like, you know, we can take away from like the jazz ed program or being in like the Roosevelt band and then like bring into a totally new space. And like for John V and I, it literally has meant like flying across the country, being in a totally new city and totally new ensembles and like different musical programs. And then like being able to sort of impart whatever wisdom or teachings, whether that's like, you know, more like kind of like emotional stuff or like just like technical things like to those groups. That's so cool that you can, you can A and B want to impart some of those ways of doing things, ways of being to the other groups that you now participate in. Um, That's and, really nice. And another thing that I want to point out is that is really cool. 
is that um, you're now in this position where you are facilitating, um, I'm saying professionally because you're getting paid. Yes. Um, you are facilitating learning activities um, for this professional organization. And um, it's just so cool that- Dude, I am telling you, if I had contracted myself to teach it, I wouldn't have even done like a 10th of as good of job. They friggin' killed it. Like PowerPoints and questions. Mm -hmm. I, I was know. like, damn, they are killing this thing. And These like- kids are so great at this stuff. And like nervously asking if it was going well. I'm like, yeah it's going yeah. great. Like, oh my God, I, I could never have done such a good job with that. It's it must have felt so amazing to you um, with these two being in your ensemble yeah. um, for a couple of years and you're sitting there watching them and like- And my kid was in the class. Yeah, and you're seeing all this. No, you're, no, you're sitting there watching them while they were in your jazz band, right? Like yeah. we're in- the women's jazz band. Yes. You're sitting there watching them and you're like, dang, these kids are brilliant. I got to take it a step further. And you're like, I don't want to say goodbye. I don't want them to leave. I don't want them to graduate. My thing is like asking kids, can you please just like not go to college yet? Can you just don't do school actually school? leave? Um, so, and so like, it must've felt so good to you yeah. to say, I think I'm going to hire these two to do this. And then, and then, you, and then you have this new opportunity to like, not only just observe their brilliance, but then rely upon it. Yeah. hundred percent. Who would do a better job than a student who is currently in college to speak to current middle school and high schoolers about their experience and what's going on with this right. they're reading. And doesn't it feel good to kind of just like let go of your need to oversee things and control things and just say, these girls got it. Well, it, it was actually what was really hard to do was to not watch it the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Because my kid was like, are you gonna be in class today? Dude, so if you're in class today, I'm not going to talk. And I'm like, dude, you're not going to talk anyways. <laughs> like, well, that's probably true, but still. And so then I turn it off and I would just sort of listen through the door. And that was, I felt like a real weirdo. <laughs> and I mean, okay. One thing, one thought that crossed my mind, Beth, as you were talking is just that, you know, I think like Kelly, you were saying earlier that you feel as though being friends with your students like you know a couple years down the line mm -hmm. has allowed you to gain more insights about maybe your own teaching or the hey. way you run like you know your ship but yep. I think that in some ways like you know allowing us to be like a part of you know like kind of like staff like of jazz ed and like hiring us like to me that's very actionable in that like mm -hmm. we're able to like directly implement things that we would want as students into this like organization's teaching structure and whatnot it allows you to just like, instead of having like a weird conversation about giving Kelly feedback or whatever, you're just allowed to create and do however you envision. This is what it should be. So let's do it. I mean, yeah, I used to be able to pretend that I was kind of cool 
you know, I had that until I was maybe 32. And then at some point, you're just out of it. You just are. It doesn't matter <laughs> how much MTV you watch. And I tried to stay current. I don't understand. Like, I've just hit this point, the technology, Snapchat, what? Why? Like, I've just, I've hit that place of oldness. <clears throat> I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be organizing a class for students to unpack racism. I shouldn't, I'm not qualified to do that anymore. Right? Like I passed my moment of that. So uh, I, but I think that idea um, sh we need to find more ways as teachers to, to input alums into what's going on. Right. Well, this is a, this is a super, for those of those teachers out there that are watching right now, I mean, the buzzword is student voice, student voice, student right. voice. How do we incorporate student voice? I don't know. I'm kind of out of ideas. And so. we all, we all like want to do it a lot of us are out of ideas but this is a really great and honest way to do that um and it's just it's just such a cool opportunity for former students to come back and contribute and talking about covid i think that like we are owed, we are given this experience because of COVID, right? I mean, both of you live in Boston right now. Am I correct? Right. Or, or John, you live in Bellevue right now, but you will be going back to yeah. Boston. Right. Yeah. Normally in Boston. Yeah. So normally, unless this was a, an online class post COVID, Kelly, right. these two wouldn't be able to come to Jazz Ed and teach it. Right. But um, but all of our ideas are shifting and perhaps we take some of these concepts with us when we go back to whatever normal is, right. And maybe this activity at jazz ed stays online yeah. for the express purpose of being able to access former students like Alexis. And right. I mean, I wonder if having a anti-racist book group online might just be best practice anyway. I mean, I'm thinking it might be. I, it, I don't know. Well, I, I would love to hear what y'all think about that, ladies, about um, about the book group. To, to me, it seemed like the chat was a valuable function. And like yeah. in person, it and sitting in a circle like a like like an AA group or something. Like I don't know. I, I don't know if that's better. I I wonder if the uh, Zoom platform is maybe just better for something like that, for that age group, or just anything you want to say about the book group, really. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good point. Like, the chat was definitely one of the most used things during those lessons. Like, I, I think people used it more than anyone spoke. So, yeah, um, I do think that would be that. That's a big reason why having it online would make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. But it was interesting though because like. I think that age group, which was like middle school, is yeah. a lot more comfortable speaking about um, how they see race operate around them than older students, like even high school and definitely mm -hmm. beyond. Yeah, um, I you're think, onto something there for sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The registration also. 
just not really high schoolers. It was really middle schooler heavy. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of open to just talking. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. It, I don't know whether it's they, they haven't yet sort of like learned to be uncomfortable, which is a good thing. Um, but I think what they were uncomfortable with, which high schoolers wouldn't be, was when they had to talk about the text and feeling like unsure of whether they really understood it or like not necessarily knowing how to respond to our questions, which was good for us to sort of think about. Because it's kind of hard at times to remember, even though we're not that pa- far away from middle school, mm-hmm. it feels far away. And just trying to remember, um, you know, where students are at, like in comprehension, because they are in a lot of ways far beyond what like it's easy to think but at the same time I mean you forget what words they wouldn't Mm -hmm. you know wouldn't be comfortable with so Mm. so yeah I found that to be interesting because I know if it was high school like I think everyone would be clinging to the book because that way they wouldn't have to like be vulnerable about their actual realities Um, so I wonder that makes me wonder though that if I don't know if we could take that more into account and like we were in a post-covid sort of world it might make sense to meet in person if we sort of like brought the students along slower maybe with the text Mm -hmm. so that they could really start where they're comfortable but Mm -hmm. i'm not sure about that i think it'll be good to sort of have more maybe we do both and see what we like better yeah and also just teaching it again i think because we only have one pool of students to like sort of draw conclusions right right now right the next book i'm really excited about we're gonna do so you want to talk about race cool um which is cool. Yeah. And it has a, a lot of like really neat spinoff points for students also. Definitely. I like, I really agree. But I think like going back to John V's point about like, you know, trying to get in touch with the fact that like, you know, reading comprehension and, you know, different like comfort levels with participating really change as age group changes. Yeah. Uh, like, I think that's very important. And I mean, even like this new text that we're going to be reading this spring the idioma alua right yeah um that like some of like those readings like from that book like i did in like a college class that i did and so like you know like in like some sense like there's something that's like maybe like socially universal about like the themes that are being talked about but at the same time like it's taught in a college classroom you know and so like i think that bringing that to middle schoolers over zoom you know that certainly presents its own issues it's heavy for sure and i mean honestly like the sort of like awkward silence that happens like maybe like in like a classroom for like an english class like it kind of like it's still like occurs in zoom you know i think that's very (laughs) but then like you know being able to access like other modes of participation right um like using the chat or like allowing um like for like breakout rooms another like and also just like trying to engage people like outside of just like the meeting one thing I was thinking about was like maybe doing like a tiny like I just came upon this like app that like allows you to record like one minute podcasts for like a group you know and so it's like you record your thoughts you send it off really easy it's like a voice memo and then like the entire group can listen to it you know I love that and so definitely like a big priority for the spring, I think for John V and I seems to be like, how can we engage like, you know, younger students in like a high level way on a high level text, you know, while also right. like accommodating for like their age and experiences. Yeah, right. One yeah. thing 
that would be easier if this wasn't online is that probably these students would also be participating in other aspects of jazz ed and well I'm not sure but I feel like if if whoever's educating like is able to interact with them musically and in other situations that just helps a lot because um I think a big part of it was just you know how do we get to that beginning point of feeling like we know each other and can then you know how can we feel connected without playing our instruments together yeah and that's that's the question every music teacher in the world is asking themselves right now still (laughs) like how do i connect with these kids we're not playing music because that's all music teachers know how to do dude for reals right and we're not together right right to the to the point about um chat Mm. um it has become like I think all of us just through osmosis because we've all had to jump into this world all of us that have been teaching online and or learning online if you're a student um we've all kind of through osmosis um absorbed and practiced and are now developing a whole new etiquette for <laughs> chat and a whole new way of um making sure that voices in the chat are also heard um and um i've noticed some neat practices where whoever is facilitating a conversation would um would take comments that come in from the chat and read them aloud so that they don't just get lost you know what i mean mm-hmm. read them aloud and bring them as the facilitator of the conversation into the live conversation mm-hmm. um, totally yeah. i haven't i haven't heard that articulated but yeah absolutely i eavesdrop on meeps like my favorite yeah. class of hers is yeah. first period on mondays and i don't even know the teacher's name and I'm totally embarrassed. I will find out tomorrow. Um, but it's my favorite class of hers and she doesn't know that I'm listening, but he always does that. He's like, Oh, I see that meep said in the chat that da 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 da. And I'm like, Oh, that's really nice. And it, it's also, um, depending on, um, your platform, um, Seattle public schools uses Microsoft teams and on Teams, you can like someone's comment. On Zoom, you can't, so that's unfortunate. Um, but I really appreciate just being able to hit a like button on someone's comment, especially if it's a comment that I want to acknowledge that is good, mm-hmm. but I'm not gonna read it out loud. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But just acknowledge. It's the gold it. star. Right. extrinsic versus intrinsic motivation. Exactly. And so, um, you know, bringing it back to these two fine um, former students who are now facilitators for um, a jazz ed um, offering, um, I think that inherently um, you two might provide some of this intrinsic motivation to the students mm-hmm. that participate, especially if they're like younger, younger, like middle school. Right. Because they're seeing you two and they're like, these two are in college, A. That's like already cool point. Cool. That's really cool. 
but B, they probably also remember you walking around the halls at Jazz Ed or seeing you on stage at the Royal Room. Or That's whatever. true. That's true. You guys are like royalty to middle schoolers. I hadn't actually thought about that. And like having these two, like facilitating that is probably providing some intrinsic motivation for those young students to right. be like more like them. Yeah, you're totally right. And, um, you know, instead of candy and stuff, I mean, I guess that goes back to the original thing, like lifting up student voice um, and bringing in the voices of um, alumni from your programs is just a really powerful vehicle for teaching, period. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think that like going like back to just like the general idea of like motivation to practice or motivation to be like a good participator in like an ensemble. I think that like there can certainly be sort of like, um, like, you know, so like, yeah, intrinsic motivation, like, mm -hmm. you know, from the good of your heart or mm -hmm. like, you know, for other reasons. But then I think like, you know, the same way that like candy and you know stickers and stuff can motivate students I think that like also kind of like there can also be like I think like other causes of motivation that aren't necessarily like fun and like sweet I want to know and, about like, it Tell yeah about actually it. I'd love to hear you two talk about that because both of you have chosen to study music in college to varying <laughs> degrees of you know Right. And, um, you know, both of you have done an incredible amount of hoop jumping to get to where you are. And there is a toxicity that goes on with audition processes, um, seating processes, um, leadership within ensembles, all of this stuff. Um, I would Every love layer, really. This, this is a great time for us to hear some feedback from some real students um, about how does that feel to you? How does all that stuff feel to you? And that's like the motivation piece, right? Like you've kept at it. What are the actual barriers? I think this is like a huge, a huge thing. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, and I am reclining, I am ready. <laughs> Drop a bomb. <laughs> I feel like there's a a really strong culture, especially in like educational jazz spaces of like, it, it, it's kind of like, it feels like I, I've had a lot of um, adjudicators or even teachers who seem to put that one, you know that one story of Bird where it's like, oh, he went to a jam session and you know, he was so terrible and everyone like just vibed him and he had a cymbal thrown at him, I think it was. And then he left and became the greatest jazz saxophonist of all time in a year. It's like they put that on a pedestal and they're like, okay, like that's how to motivate students. Like, you know, I'm not going to try to create some sort of like healthy, like I believe in you regardless environment. I'm going to like tell it like it is or, or like not just sort of like that wow. whiplash movie, that, that vibe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, I think in Whiplash, like, it's extremely overt, like, you can't deny that that is unhealthy. I mean, I'm sure some people actually probably would n deny that that's as terrible as it is. Yeah. But I think that 
that environment very much exists just maybe there isn't like like at a lower frequency yeah but like a very pr real frequency and i think um the i feel like this comes up like i've talked about this a lot with other women in jazz because i even wondered to an extent like is it just that this you know doesn't work for me and maybe this like somehow works for men <laughs> but i really feel like there's no way like women it's not like we're completely di like what is like gender is very much performed all and it's not it's not some inherent thing where you know this could be helpful for anyone like how can something toxic really be helpful for anyone so i feel like um to put it into my actual experiences i think the reason the girl band was like this like beam of light throughout high school that you know really got me to stay in music and not want to quit Dude, you're gonna it's friggin because... make me cry today on the Bethany <laughs> show i'm telling you all right continue. I, did, I literally talked about when i got to new england conservatory i told so many people about that jazz like this jazz band that we were in it's just the best thing but it's because like kelly's method is to just make it clear to all her students that she does believe in them you know regardless of how bad they play it's not about that like why would it be about that everyone you know is here to learn and to grow and i remember at that point like i was especially my junior year um i was playing in some other settings where i was very much not made to feel like that and i remember when i joined like the girl band like that even even it wasn't even that i had, i was able to articulate these things at that point but i still remember like noticing like oh like no one is doubting me right now like and and it made me play better of course it did right because i'm i'm actually thinking about what i want to play and i'm not thinking about what i need to play to sort of assert some sort of ability um and so i feel like it's so harmful because this music is so much about improvisation but when you're in settings where especially if you're the only you know woman in the room or person of color in the room or whatever it is that is making you feel othered like if if you're not feeling believed and then it's like you're not even you're not even gonna be playing the music anymore now you're just in this weird loop in your head of like okay i have to do these things and um but i feel like for some reason so many teachers allow that to exist and i don't know whether to some extent they're unaware of it um but i also feel like i was definitely in some situations where it's so hard to believe that they could be entirely unaware of it i mean i guess i'll never know but like, I remember, I still, like, there's all these moments, I think, for Alexis, too, that kind of are burned in her mind of, like, yeah. very negative moments of, like... Got you know, our list. The list just gets longer <laughs> as you get older, I'm afraid yeah. to say. And, and it's it's just, like, and it, I think I think it is hard in that, um, like, there isn't, it takes a lot of, like, you can't just not be harmful as a teacher. You have to proactively think about what about this space might be impacting different people differently so like if i'm the only woman in a band you know it's like even if everyone's being nice to me that's a very present feeling and and if everyone else just because of that like already knows each other and has played together and i'm you know not a part of that then like i think being an educator and just ignoring that entirely and ignoring the fact that oh she's the only one like not feeling like she can play on this or whatever or i'm not like you know, you can't just ignore, that's, I feel like a cop-out entirely, like, that's not how these things work, so, um, 
yeah doing nothing causes harm <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. I feel like there's just like John you brought up like so many points that just like deeply resonated within me Dude, and I'm like, like yeah 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 like based on like the nodding that's going on with like mm-hmm. Beth and Kelly I'd assume that that's also a mutual mm-hmm. feeling but like going back to the idea of like the girl band as like a beam of light like as like a haven you know one really really bizarre experience that I had when I joined which is my senior year of high school I was yeah. playing in like the Roosevelt one band at the time mm-hmm. which was a very vibey weird vibes group um Alexis brought a crew Alexis was like I am gonna do something and yeah. we didn't know each other um I had known John B for like her whole time at Jazz Ed yeah Alexis came to me and was like I have this many players on this many instruments do you have spaces and I was like hell to the yes I do okay go no, wait Alexis did you know John B before and John B was like you should join this band or you you found out about jazz ed somewhere else so okay I met John B through girls at Lincoln so that was after joining the band Kelly you actually reached out to me like did I, I, don't know, I think maybe when I was like a freshman or a sophomore in high school okay a little background about like my musical career at like Roosevelt and at Jazz Ed is that I started playing really at the beginning of my freshman year and I okay. started playing trombone. I'd never played like any sort of like wind instrument. And so this is like very new. I felt like I was awful and I was for a while, you know, and we so, all like, are. <laughs> you know, like when um, Kelly, like, you know, hit me up in freshman or sophomore year, Looking I felt like yeah looking for trombone you know being like hey join the girl band like you know I want you like I I had in my head because of like the culture at my high school's program that I was so awful that I couldn't even do like I couldn't be a part of girl band you know because no no I am broken hearted I this is I am learning that right now I had no freaking idea this was even like before like I don't join I would have started like like, stalking you if I had known I would have been calling like a crazy lady (laughs) it was just that like you know like even within like the concert bands that were at my high school like the culture was very like you know everyone is here because like this is like a weed out class and so like after this year or this semester half the people are going to drop because that's what happens you know or like you know people are going to be like segmented like some people are going to jet off and like be in like the top jazz band and then other people are going to go this direction this direction you know and so like that freshman year experience was like so like crucial for me in terms of like how it kind of like mentally solidified my worth as a player because it made me feel like I was the worst person in the room you know because you were a beginner at that time too right right which is like difficult because like the way it worked at Roseville at least was that like concert band was sort of like a catch-all for like anyone that was coming in Mm -hmm. to play music um in sort of like the band side of things at Roseville and so you know there are kids that have been playing since fourth grade or maybe earlier you know and then there are people like me who started you know a month before school and so like Kelly when you reached out I was like oh my gosh I can't do this finally senior year comes around I feel like okay like you know I must have like a grip on this like you know like (laughs) let's do it you know I think this is a good experience but the weird experience that I had in Girls Ellington was like after the first couple of rehearsals I was like oh I don't like this you know yeah, which is like bizarre, right? It's like why would sometimes you like I am like, wait, is this what we're supposed to be doing? But let me it's- tell you why, though. Yes. Why I thought I didn't like it, which okay, turns out wait. to be like not true. 
the reason why I felt like I didn't like it is because I felt like, oh, there's no competition. Oh, we're like, you know, chatting during rehearsal. Like, oh, it feels like, you know, no one is vibing me. And mm -hmm. so like, you know, like this must be bad. Like this must be unprofessional. This group isn't going to be like good. Like, you know, like what does good even mean? Oh, That's a whole other question. Because I think that like in like my main like high school program, like good was could be like measured in very tangible ways. Like, you know, like, oh, here's like a trophy or like, you know, like here's yeah. the title or like oh you know God. even like getting into the group like that's like a thing you know yeah. and so like with girls ellington where it's like i kind of just like showed up to the first rehearsal and was a part of it and was instantly a member of the community and did not feel othered you know i was just like oh there's something wrong with this i don't like it you know oh my god that is so <laughs> powerful right now dude um <laughs> this um alexis i just want to like really quick interject because this applies across the board this is yes. not just a jazz band thing yeah. this is an orchestra thing this is a choir thing this is a across the board thing in educational music we're made to feel that we need to compete and we're made to feel that we are not good unless we are competing in some way and then microcosms of comp competition within the ensemble. And there's, there's certain things you have to know to be able to play music. Right. I call like serious bullshit on. But, right. Um, and when I started teaching, at, so at Washington Middle School, Kelly and I scrubbed free the entire program from that kind of behavior. I mean, we tried. It's... We, for parents I mean, like that stuff <laughs> it, was, it was pretty um but by, by the end of both of our times at washington middle school we had like gone away from any of that kind of bs mm -hmm. and then i took a position at ballard high school and it was extremely the, the orchestra program was extremely competitive and the people within that program, especially the top ensembles, were extremely competitive with each other and extremely critical of me for coming in with the philosophy that Kelly and I kind of created um, as, as educators together. Um, and um, so, yeah, like my very first students at Ballard High School were like, this lady is not for me. <laughs> the same for me this lady doesn't know what she's doing right and um what's so interesting is that there's a moment where it pivots like there's a moment where it pivots and you know what I was like I would say I'm extremely lucky because COVID what? it forced the pivot it forced the pivot yeah. it forced it forced us to cancel the trip where we were going to go compete at some arbitrary contest it mm -hmm. forced those seniors to graduate and um move on with their lives and continue Still thinking I'm probably not a great teacher <laughs> you know and it also forced us to rethink what's going on right now and move forward more in the vibe that I would choose to curate which is very much similar to how Kelly curates the girl band. So what's the moment, this is really interesting because um, 
not because I love talking about myself, although I don't mind it too much. This is okay. This is okay. But I'm curious about the moment of, um, like that band, Alexis, that you joined was arguably the most competitive band we ever had in that it was successful on a national stage, right? So you were both seniors in the group that had the blind audition and got to go to Savannah, right? So, so this all girl band for the first time in history- It's in. Get it's into a national competition. And um, so there was a lot of press <laughs> and it, um, you know, was like this huge thing for all of us. So in some ways that band actually had some of the, you know, Newport jazz, Roosevelt jazz experiences and that we were at um, these festivals. But if, if the group hadn't gone past that moment of Alexis describing as like, this isn't for me, if the group hadn't gone past that moment, pretty quickly because that group really only rehearses like 12 times and then we record and then play different gigs as they come in yeah um so what was really interesting to me is not only was that band so badass like damn that band was smoking i still listen to those recordings on occasion like that band was burning for I remember sure. I remember watching your set from my kitchen. Yes. But what I noticed when we went to Savannah at that festival, which was un, it was pretty incredible, is that um you know I, I got to plan the um itinerary. So on the first day I noticed between like these two educational moments, there was this really long break. It was like two hours. So I planned to have a trolley come to pick us up at the rehearsal venue and we had pizza delivered and we took um, like a tourist trolley ride through Old Town Savannah and ate pizza and then came back for the rehearsal. And when we came back, do you girls remember there were um, bands practicing mm -hmm. and they were this, they were all the whole time we were gone learning about the beautiful city of Savannah, every other band, 14 of them or 11, how many, I don't remember. Anyway, were there practicing outside with like clothespins on their wire stands, the music for the competition. It never entered my mind to do that, that we would, rehearse and then we got there and I thought oh shit should we have been rehearsing <laughs> like did I do but you all seem to be like right on <laughs> I don't know like one of the biggest parts of Girls Ellington is the fact that like it is like a social group you know and that doesn't delegitimize it as a musical group, you know? Like, it's not like if you're a social group, it can't be also musical, you know? I feel like they actually, there mm -hmm. needs to be overlap. And I feel like that's something that's not understood like in educational music and like, especially in like educational jazz settings because like, I don't really feel as though 
you know, in my high school program, there was like a big emphasis on like, let's be friends. Like, you know, let's get to know each other. Like, let's understand each other, like as like friends and as humans before just like instrument players, you know? And I think that that is really, really critical in terms of like the success of the group. And then also just like how people feel, which also really matters, you know? And there's not Mm -hmm. enough emphasis on that either. And I mean, I think that like, there's so many times, like even in Savannah where I was talking to John, you know, I was like, I don't feel good about this. Like, I don't feel like we sound good or like, I don't know about this or that or whatnot, you know? And like, in reality, it's just because of this like huge construct that was like providing this giant mental block that was saying, you know, like if we're not, like practicing if we're not you know doing this if we're not having sectionals all the damn time then like we're not going to succeed and like even like at my high school like I even though like you know in my heart I was like okay this is a great accomplishment you know what an amazing job like it is an amazing accomplishment practice like a handful of times we made it into this awesome competition there are like people at my high school and that were like planting thoughts in my mind I was like oh like you know that's like not an important um, competition or like you know like what even is that you know and it's just like because I really feel like the attitude at my high school was like Ellington or bust you know and then like not getting into that competition you know which happened a couple years back it's just like a huge failure the band is awful sounds bad you know I'm just like what (laughs) culture it's cancel culture it's like yeah Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go, go ahead. No, no, John me, do it. Well, I, I wonder, like, I mean, don't don't a lot of these educators, like, want to, you know, re- want to know that, that they're teaching these students to be good people and not just good musicians? It's very confusing to me because I feel like the culture in Bellevue and Seattle for, like, youth is very much, like, people literally, like, they'll be friends with you if they think you're g- really good if you're worse than them, why would they be friends with you? Like, why would they talk to you? Like, that's the actual culture. And I would experience, like, I remember, like, when I was, like, a freshman or sophomore, I would see these certain people at jazz festivals and, like, like, high school festivals, and they would be so vibey, they wouldn't interact with me at all. And then when I would, like, get into the Bellevue College Jasmine and be playing with them, they'd be so nice. And it was, like, we were such great friends. And I just remembered when they, like, completely ignored that I existed. And I was like, so what is this? And I think something that was painful to hear that I recently learned is that, you know, a lot of the people that I played with um, in that band, like, who were very much immersed in that toxic culture, like, regardless of, you know, not, I'm not saying that they are bad people, but they definitely were internalizing those things. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of them went on to the same conservatory, and the only two women I know of in the program there have both transferred now. Like, mm-hmm. one transferred to my school and one transferred to USC. Um and I know it's not entirely because of that, but I definitely know from talking to the saxophonist who transferred that, like, she had a horrible experience with, with the people in that program and, you know, felt very other, felt all the same things I felt, like, years earlier. So it's like, you know, I I feel like sometimes people feel like, oh, well, like, it's high school and everyone will grow out of, like, these things, but why not just, like, be teaching them in the first place to be better? And I feel like a really great thing about the girl band is that there are like very different skill levels in different ways um and I think like when I was in it like I was being fed that whole thing of like oh I'm gonna judge someone who like doesn't sound good I'm gonna judge their character like it doesn't make any sense but then being in that band it's like it really exposes you to wait a second like there isn't even one good in the first place like everyone here is bringing different strengths and the like I I'm being exposed to people from like different schools and like being exposed to people coming from different backgrounds like it's 
I'm growing so much more than I would grow from just being in like some band where everyone has the time and money to be at some specific level of like technical skill or whatever it is. I mean, that's not what jazz is supposed to be in, in any way. It's very strange. It's not what music is supposed to be anywhere no. in the world. You know, Kelly, yeah. uh, I just want to like, I want to say another way that you and I are lucky is that we taught middle school for so long. Um, and it Best. in middle school, it's like this weird middle phase where you can- Well, as John V and Alexis were pointing out with the book group, it's like- Right, it's this un cool, great understanding. Yeah, and so like kids but also are- also not. <laughs> kids are young enough to still be kind of children, but also old enough to do pretty cool, amazing things with their body, like play an instrument really well. Um, but Kelly and I pushed the envelope in trying to get a lot of traveling in with our middle school groups. And middle school is, is a really magical time because it's not that um, make it or break it high school um, time where it all counts. It all counts. If we don't get into EE, we suck or whatever. Right. But Kelly and I took all kinds of cool trips with kids. And there's even a student that we both had that's He's, he's a senior now that um, he iterated to Kelly recently that a trip to Montana that we took was his favorite trip ever. And this trip was not a competition. No. Um, we took the whole class to my parents' house and we had mac and cheese. <laughs> and um, hot dogs. <laughs> and we went to a, a national landmark um, and we went to a metal concert that our students We, we went to a metal concert. That's right. We took all 40 kids to the club that our students' metal band was playing in, dude. Oh so gosh. it's like that kid, that kid who is a member of one of Seattle's elite high school groups right. comes up to Kelly and is like, that trip changed my life. And it was literally all about hanging with those kids, having fun, making Hiking some music, eating some mac and cheese, going to see some really cool Native American um, artifacts. Um, and it was like, for him, it was the most powerful ever. And that to me is magic. Like <laughs> the fact that you guys got to get on a trolley and pass around the box of Pete's, right? You're like, pass me, salad too. <laughs> pass me some salad, pass me some Pete. And you're like passing it around, going through town, yes. old town, Savannah, Georgia. How cool is that? That is it's like, so the, cool. it's the coolest. And, you know, um, I argue that you're going to remember that, value that way more than um, how well you did in the competition or whatever, that's going to fade. That's bye-bye. Um, At the so-and-so jazz I mean, honestly, like, I just feel like that is so accurate. And it's kind of reminding me of, like, the saying that's, like, people re will remember, like, you know, like, the way you made them feel, not, like, yeah. who you are or whatever, you know. 
I mean, I don't think that was quite right, but just that like people remember how you make them feel, you know? Right. And I think that like when it comes to like girls Ellington, like I remember sitting in rehearsal and smiling and having fun. I remember like getting closer with John V and developing this friendship that now I feel like, you know, we can lean on despite being like a couple years out of this program you know I remember just like you know feeling like the sun in Savannah and like looking at all of these historic houses and like you know I remember hanging out with my section and feeling bonded with them you know in comparison not to like put my other program down but like you know most of the memories I have are like awful like you know getting like totally called out and like yelled at in class you know getting like you know, really like vibed by like my classmates, like, you know, feeling an immense amount of pressure to perform and to attain like, you know, certain goals and certain like benchmarks that other people are assigning to the group. You know, yeah. I remember crying in class because I couldn't do something that everyone else could do. And apparently that was the standard of excellence, you know, for that group. And that was the culture, you know, and, you know, the really meaningful part of that experience for me was like after we got into Ellington after we had performed after we'd done that last bit of the competition and then found out that like you know we won some award at Ellington you know and then I felt the joy because I remember people were like hugging each other and like you know people felt bonded and like you know we were smiling at each other and everyone was like happy you know and like the fact that like that is like that is the joy that I can remember from high school jazz band is sad because that was like in the last month of my maybe last two months of my senior year and like it was after like years of just like trials and vlog and you know all this bad stuff you know so that's sad that's really sad oh my gosh that's dude so and it, it's just like I mean there's a bunch of teachers that are going to hear this you know and I don't care that we're going over the hour by the way because this is really important and all this this conversation is very important. Yes. There's gonna be a bunch of teachers that get to see this. And um, you know, we as teachers have this opportunity, and Kelly and I have been driving this home since day one of the Beth and Kelly show. We have this opportunity to change the the definition of, of what is going forward. Um, right now, a lot of things are taken off the table. If we wanted to be in a competition, we can't because there isn't one. Um, you know, there isn't this, this, it's been great. <laughs> it's been great. But going forward, when things start back up and we get back into the classroom with students, this is that moment to make the courageous decisions to shift away from toxic practices. Word. <laughs> yes, I um really want to hear John V's voice one more time. John V, can you send us out with a message of hope? Yes, <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. Oh my God. It doesn't have to be hopeful. I just <laughs> thought it would be a funny thing to say. <laughs> um, well, I was just it can be a real bummer message if you want. <laughs> I mean, no, I think what you're saying, like, it is an exciting thing. Like, there's so much power here to make a really positive difference, and it's not impossible by any means. It just takes 
reflection in a different kind of way and COVID is providing that time so mm-hmm. um I was just thinking just now about like what are some small ways to sort of start to shift that and I think one thing is starting to ask students more you know like who do you listen to and why do you like them and what do you want to sound like and thinking about what can you do to sort of guide them in that way because I know at my high school it wasn't you know elite the way that Roosevelt (laughs) and still um, by most measures an amazing ensemble yes absolutely yeah but I think that um you know I I noticed that there you know I feel like in that space it, it there was like I think my senior year, the directors were trying to sort of more incorporate like teaching about improvisation and like sort of giving students more guidance on that rather than having them sort of learn it outside of school. And I think, um, I'm not sure what they're doing now, but one thing I saw that they started doing after or during COVID, I think, was having students like upload a transcription of anything that they wanted. Um, I thought that was interesting, but I think, you know, along those lines, just, I, I think that does a lot to sort of destabilize the sort of toxic concept of you know what is good and like what are what do we all have to do because I think you know a really wonderful thing about jazz in contrast to like western classical music is the emphasis on individualism and and not one sound that everyone's striving for right and like when you listen to Ellington it's like you can pick out everyone because they all have their own sound right and I think um you know teaching students that, that that's what that is and that they can find you know, they can start to think about what they want their sound to be or be excited by personal interests, I think um, could be a really positive thing because it would allow students to sort of start to see that, oh, I don't have to be like this other person in my class, like who's good, because there is no one good and, and I don't actually want to sound like that. I mean, I think for me, like a huge thing was realizing, I didn't realize it till like my first year of college was that, oh, maybe these things that I'm constantly like telling myself, why haven't you like shed that? Why are you good at that? Like, listen to those people. Maybe I haven't done it because I don't want to sound like that. And maybe that's okay. <laughs> like, Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, so many times. <laughs> 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 oh, wow. For reals. Um, well, I've just made a decision um, in the last two minutes. Well, uh, because I have never not wanted to get off of a Beth and Kelly show. I know. I have just decided um, because I have in my email inbox applications to present at Jen Mm -hmm. and I will be pinging you gals about um, the four of us presenting on um, amplifying student voice in the classroom. And I will be pinging you about that because we shall propose a presentation on the topic. That's amazing. We can go kick it in Texas. Yeah. We can like go on a really cool like tour of the city. We'll go kick it. You know what I mean? And like do some fun stuff too. We'll do some Texas stuff. Person trolley and eat pizza together. (laughs) Amazing. We're doing it. If we're accepted. So I'll bring you so it doesn't suck. All right. This was really fun. Thank you, everybody. You're amazing. Thank you for joining us. A million thanks to our listeners, followers, and subscribers. The support we receive monetarily and otherwise helps us to be able to spend time creating a quality product, and it allows us to tap into partnerships and resources to which we wouldn't normally have access. We are stoked about the journey of learning we have ahead of us, 
and we are delighted you've decided to join.